0: Welcome to Go Turkey Podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with Faust. Um, those are the evenings that um, makes me appreciate every single moment I spend recording that podcast. Um, it makes me appreciate that flash that I had one night in calling this cold turkey and you know kind of the subject matter I wanted I wanted to discuss with my guests and and Faust was just just right there at the right moment. Um he's uh he's involved in helping people with substance abuse, amongst other things. But um it was the interaction and the conversation I had with him that was just super you can feel, hear, and sense that he's passionate about helping others, and um, and not only that, but you're gonna, you know, like you're gonna hear him. But you know, like there are a lot of stuff that you know, like at at face value, you could you could challenge, you know, like maybe um, if if he if he understands or if he for for for. Reasons you're gonna you're gonna hear um, some people could challenge that you know I could challenge how how um, credible it could be in helping uh, people with substance abuse, but while listening to him and listening to his approach and listening to to the how um, open how kind how yeah I mean like this guy is he's, you know I had a great time sitting down and and talking with Foss, you know, so I don't want to waste any more of your time. Um, I've, I've talked too much already, but the last thing I want to let you know is that, you know, like the cold Turkey podcast, podcastcoldturkey.com is still up and uh, there's a Patreon page as well. So if you go to patreon.com and you look for podcast Cold Turkey, you're going to find me. I appreciate every one of you, and enjoy my uh, sit-down with uh, Foss. Hi Foss, how you doing?
1: I'm well, Alex. Thanks so much for inviting
0: um, me. Do I pronounce it correctly? It's Faust? Faust. Faust, okay. yes. Um, so pretty much like it, it's been, uh, you know, like we're going to be hitting the first year anniversary of the pandemic and I just can't freaking believe it. But um, since, you know, like that that whole thing started, I start off my, my podcast with pretty much the same question, which, you know, like... Um, one one of useful information and then pretty much you know how, you know, and so um where are you located uh, geographically on the globe and 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 then how has been the pandemic for you
1: I am in the United States in eastern Pennsylvania so I'm about uh about to 90 minutes from me Philadelphia or New York uh and for us it's a, you know it's been an up and down kind of thing it came in and it just getting used to it, and all of a sudden it went up. Uh, Then it started to go down. Then summertime and the holidays hit and it went right back up again. Uh, So now the vaccines are starting, and, um, you know, they're telling us we'll see a downswing, which we are, but people are also getting a little less careful. So, you know, now that there's a vaccine, they're all going out. So we're seeing a bit of an upswing again, but not much. I'm hoping that, you know we'll see this thing start to loosen up a bit. And
0: farther. for you, how, how always it been? You know, like the 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 impact, you know, like I was talking to my wife right at dinner where um, <laughs> she, she, her, her statement was actually, I feel we do nothing. You know, like I'm like, well, we pretty much got our hands full here. You know, like we got, you know, like we just got a new dog. We got the five-year-old, we got this and that. And then she said, no, no, but I mean, you know, like just to vent off you know like i feel like you know like we, you know like we can't social you know like there's no way in quebec right now that we can socialize in any shape or form and so um i i do feel it you know like there's more and more um articles that come out uh about you know like the impact it has on on mental on the mental state of people and so you know, either by you witnessing either, you know, like a growth in, uh, cause we're going to get to that, but you know, like in patient that you meet with, or even your own <laughs> sanity, you know, like how has it been for you?
1: You know, being the, the, uh, the person that they're going to come to to help with their sanity, right. I have to be in pretty good spirits. So, you know, um, uh, fortunately for me, I mean, I, we have a, a home where we, you know, we have a, a workout center in the basement and a hot tub and those kinds of things. So we have enough self-contained that we can kind of do some nice things. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to the office every day, and my office is big enough that I'm still able to see people in the office. They can come in with a mask on, and but when they sit, they're a good twelve feet away from me, so they can take a mask off if they wanted to. And I've been able to see anywhere from 40 to 50 people a week so that part hasn't changed much the social part has changed where you know we tend to get together with friends uh, you know we're not going uh, maybe out to dinner or to the movies or whatever or a concert or whatever is so those things have changed um, the more intimate social things have changed uh, but for me because of what I do for a living and because I'm able to continue to see people Uh, You know, I haven't felt it like other people have. I leave the house every day. I drive. It's only a mile to my office. Uh, I start seeing people. I can come home. Uh, My wife is here. One of the kids is still here. Uh, You know, we we see each other. Uh, So it hasn't been bad. But for other people, it's been a very, very difficult time. Uh, People have built their lives around going about things outside of their homes and you know, if anything that this uh, pandemic has taught us, it's that uh, I think we 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 look for too much outside of ourselves to complete us, and we really need to start looking at getting stronger on the inside. That's that's what I teach people. And those people that are stronger on the inside had an easier time with the pandemic than those who felt that they needed to get much of that completion from outside. Themselves.
0: Have you seen um, a growth of you know, like the the, um, the- you know, like how's the morale of your patient, you know, like on average, you know, like in general, have you seen like a growth of depression or anxiety or, um, you know, like, um, you know, like feeling, having the blues and, and so on?
1: Absolutely. And, and, uh, as you know, we're in February, that's always cabin fever, month. Yep. we call it, you know, people have been in all the time. and. In February, unfortunately, in the area wherein we started three weeks ago with snow and we have about two and a half feet on the ground yet. So that's further, uh, made things uh, complicated. But, but to answer the question, I've seen more depression, more anxiety, considerably more substance abuse, um, anger, uh, not as much violence, but I'm, I'm concerned with what's going to happen as we come out of the pandemic and we have so much to clean up and so many families have been affected by this, uh, a lot more people have gone on medication uh, that, you know, uh, they're, they're coming in uh, from their doctors who have already had them on medication because they're depressed, they're anxious. Uh, you know, so yeah, I've seen an upswing in all of those
0: things. I, you know, I, I always say, um, to everyone that I talk to that, you know, like in a, in a few years, there's going to be a lot of studies around kind of the PTSD that some people are going to be, um, you know, um, living or, 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 you know, like I haven't been through, um, do you believe that as well, that, you know, like there's going to be long-term consequences of, of, of that?
1: That's what we're actually starting to plan for now. I've been telling people this. I started telling people, so six, seven months ago, I was saying to people, look, you know, we're going to come out of this. It's not, okay, fine. Uh, the virus will hopefully end. Uh, but then, you know, we have financial destruction. We have families that have been decimated. Uh, economies are gone. Businesses are gone. Uh, so many, so many areas. That yeah, it's not, we're going to have PTSD, but the interesting thing, it's going to be different than other, other, other types of PTSD, in my opinion. The, the effects are going to be ongoing because businesses will still be lost. Families will still be destroyed. Substance abuse will still be there. And we're going to be, we're going to have PTSD from what happened during the active stage of the pandemic. So it's going to be PTSD and What's happening at that time, which is going to be that much more pressure. So I, to answer your question, I, I don't think the worst of this is, has hit us wow. yet.
0: That's, you know, like I. Not on
1: an, not, not on an emotional level. It's, it, it, it's hit on physical. It's, it's taken lives. It's, you know, we've, we've seen families destroyed. We've seen businesses go down, national economies, uh, you know. But what's going to come out of this is going to be people who are just yeah. broken.
0: And, and especially uh, with kids, right? And, you know, like you know, when you know like right now in Quebec, you know like we're putting kids in what they call bubbles. And so you know like one of our neighbors has a nine or a ten year old and um, she was explaining to us that you know like they're they're assigned a bubble of one friend which she can get close to and she's like, i I don't necessarily or systematically, Love her, you know, like, I, and, and, you know, like in the kid's mind, it was like it may be her best friend in September, but comes February, and, you know, like they, you know, as does every kid, you know, like they fight and whatever. And, and so she's stuck in that bubble with that kid wearing a mask, can't see the nonverbal of, you know, like their teacher or, you know, like, and so. I, you know, like, I guess you're right when you say that, you know, like we haven't seen the worst in terms of the psychological impact, even more so with, with younger, you know, like with the kids. Yeah.
1: You know, and the kids are uh, uh, receiving an entirely different type of education than than all of us mm-hmm. are used to um, you know, in, in the United States. They're, they're, they're the kids are. They've different types of systems. There's a go to school all the time, di- do it from home all the time, or a hybrid of each. Uh, but what's happening is the kids are, so many of them are, are not keeping up. Um, they're going to go, they're going to graduate, they're going to go to college. Who's not going to just let them slip by? And we're going to see a whole lot of educational problems, which will translate into employment problems. Uh, the whole employment status has changed. We're, People now said, I don't know that I need the bricks and mortar. Maybe I'm just going to start employing people from home. And we're going to see that whole thing swing. And rents are going to start to be a problem. And people who own buildings who who rent, uh, they're not going to have income. So, I mean, the whole thing is going to change. And uh, so we have to be prepared for that. And I tell people, please don't get yourself... Uh, you know, so anxious that you think the world's going to fall apart. It's j- like any other problem. We have to take a step back. We have to look at it with our brains, not our emotions. And then we have to start making plans to move forward, and we have to do that together. And if we do that, we'll come through this. But, you know, you saw what happened in the beginning of the pandemic. In this country, someone went on television at the beginning and said, well, you're going to be quarantined. You're going to need supplies and really watch your paper products. And- you know what flew off the shelf yes. next and now we're you know toilet paper is now gold because we got people got so emotional about it where if we just take a step back and say well all right if i have to think about this not get emotional let's get a plan and we move forward it's much better the ones that that, that are that are having a problem are the ones that are are emoting or are, are, are just constantly uh, uh not looking at the facts and not waiting and putting a plan together. They're wanting to go very fast and that's going to be, you know, something that uh, it's going to be very difficult to deal with.
0: Yes. Um, And I, you know, like I don't want to spend too much time on this, but you know, like for me, it's um, I think it's important, you know, like since I started um, asking the question and going over, how does my guests feel about it? And I've, I've gone, you know, like I've felt and gone through it and we're not done yet, but um it's also kind of the occasion for me to reach out and, you know, like um just tell any guest that, you know, like if they feel alone, depressed, you know, like that, you know, like there are so many ways that through the podcast website, through the po- you know, like through the podcast Instagram account or whatever, people can reach out and, you know, like I'm I'm no therapist, but you know, I like just have someone that can listen to, you know, like how you're feeling. Um and you know, like for me it's just an occasion for and and it just you know like it's it's only a few episodes back that I realized that you know like I haven't offered you know like any kind of you know like uh, listening here for for anyone that you would feel to vent off and say those things you know like you know, as, as my wife did tonight you know like just by saying shit you know like I I want to socialize I just want to break free of the routine I want to let you know like I want to kind of go loose, you know, like say, you know, like have, have a laugh, you know, like all things that, you know, like you can have with your, with your, you know, like with your husband, but it's, it's not the same as getting with your tight friends and, you know, like just, you know, like going crazy and, you know, and again, you know, like we're not talking about like being hammered or, you know, like it's just, there are things there is something in terms of emotion that you 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 don't get anywhere else but in socializing with 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 people that you love, you know, and um, that are not your second half.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a different perspective on things, and uh, and and you get to just you know let it out. Uh, yeah, but you, you, you can do that again. It, if you set it up, I have a fellow uh, whose wife got married, comes to the office, and he said, I don't know how I'm going to do this. She really wants to get married. And they what they did is they decreased the size of the wedding. They rented a huge hall. Everyone sat in their family tables, you know, 15 or 20 feet from each other. They uh, had the wedding. Um, there were masks and everything else. No one uh, got that close to each other. Uh, the wedding went off. No one got the virus. But they took their time and, and readjusted and, and said, okay, I, she said, I can't have the 200 people at my wedding. Now we're going to have maybe 80. And the hall was twice the size they normally would need. But they did that. And what they had to spend extra on the hall, they did, you know, they saved on food and for, for less people. And she, And now, so they're able to pull it off and we can do those things. We just have to stop getting emotional and telling ourselves we can't. And that's in, in terms of the virus or anything else in our lives. As soon as you say, as soon as you say, oh, I can't, that internal language, as soon as it starts working against us, you know, and, uh, you know, when I, you and I were talking about addiction at the beginning of the program. There's no better way for an addict to stay active than to tell himself all well, the things that yep. keep him there, you know. It, what we say inside is what's is what we're what's going to keep our brain going in that particular direction, and it's going to guide the way we we think and we behave. So, if we change the language around a little bit and and realize that we have options, they're there. We just have to change our perspective a little bit and be willing to transition just enough so that we can do some of those things yeah. that we want to do.
0: And uh, no, you're absolutely right. I think you know, like it's all about perspective. And at the same time, you know like it's it's also to um kind of um admit you know like that it it is tough you know like it you know like it is it is you know like it is a rough patch that we're going through, and you know like we're gonna get through it you know like and so um yeah i mean like that's uh that's pretty much like just. Um, Humbly admitting that, you know, like we're having a tough time sometimes is, you know, like I say 50% even more done, you know, like on, on kind of your emotional state, you know.
1: Well, you know what it does? It establishes your starting spot when you when you say, "Okay, I can't anymore. That's the place where you can start changing when you when you really look at that and say this isn't working for me. And, and whether, again, it's the pandemic or anything else in our lives, as soon as we decide that we want to do something about it, the options are everywhere. But the problem we have, I think, is that we tend to be all or nothing people. We want it our way. So when they say, well, no, you can't do it that way anymore, then we say, well, I don't want that. I don't want any other way. And we get angry. and We throw our fits. But, you know, we might we might look at that and say, well, I can't do it the way i like to. But I have some other options which don't leave me all the way out there with nothing i just have to change the way i do it and maybe like you say get a little humble and uh be willing to uh you know to compromise some things and there's it's still it's still a lot of fun they're not throwing us in a hole somewhere i mean you know there's plenty of options
0: um all right let's get back to business uh I, i you know like i usually um every episode that i talk with you know like someone that has gone through um challenges or issues and challenge and and problems in their lives i pretty much start the same way and you know like i feel i'm going to do the same with you us this uh, tonight um Mm-hmm. I I I used I I usually ask my 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 guests to rewind their life story tape to their early beginnings of their life lifehood, you know like so um kind of the family picture of you know like their you know like their siblings their you know like brothers and sisters parents to bring me back to you know like and to you know like what 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 was it like and was there any impact on someone using or your own consu- you know like your own substance use that, you know, like has influenced the path of your life. And so I, you know, like that's pretty much where I'm going to bring you for, for us, you know, like just, just to, you know, like have a feel of what has influenced your, your professional choices. You know, like there must've been some ignition somewhere uh, in there.
1: Yeah. You know, there was, and, and I really didn't put this into a, a good, cognitive framework until I was older, but, uh, you know, we we're a typical family. My, my mother stayed home with four kids. My father was an engineer. He went to work and at a reasonably young age at 42, we had a very, very, uh, serious stroke, um, took him out of work with the family in a position where, you know, financially we really had a struggle and, and the anxiety uh, came on because of course with the stroke, this was a, a neurological stroke. So it, it caused some, uh, brain damage. He was really struggling. Now we're going back in the mid '60s, and you know, so what? What do we do for someone who's uh couldn't control their emotions? Well, we put them on what they called at that point tranquilizer. So okay, my father's not going to take tranquilizers to calm down. And the pharmacist who uh, was a friend of the family was a bit liberal in his uh, (laughs) gift of this medication, and the doctor said. (laughs) Don't worry about it. He says, if you feel anxious, just take one. Well, uh, it's, uh, the drug was Librium. It's a very highly addictive little drug. So he's taking this, what was supposed to be three, maybe four times a day. Well, that probably turned into 10 yeah. times a day. What, what should have been no more than 15, maybe 20 milligrams was now 50 or 60 milligrams. So what, none of us knew that, but the addiction was there. And, of course, personality changes go with that. Um, isolation uh, just wasn't much left to the man at all. So uh, the family just had to deal with that. There were some anger outbursts, but, you know, not terrible. But uh, it was the, it, it was addiction in a family that had no idea that addiction was yeah. in the family. As far as we knew, Dad was sick. Dad had a stroke. And uh, what we were dealing with was the, uh, the physical uh, effects of what happened to him. But you know, now as an adult, here I am. Later on, um, I, try, I train in psychology. I'm seeing people, and I get offered this job in a in an alcohol counseling center. And I had some training with that in college, but now I'm you know baptism by fire. I'm I'm with alcoholics, and and then I'm with addicts because I took a job in a prison, and then I started to connect the dots. And said, oh. Wow this wasn't just a stroke. Now, now, now instead of living solely in the present, now we're going to go back a little bit and connect some dots and you start seeing why this happened or why this person was doing this or how the dynamics changed and how all of a sudden, um, I'm without a, a, a being an, an actively addictive person. I don't really have that uh, genetically. I'm not set up that way. And I, you know, it just doesn't happen for me, but I'm all of a sudden interested in this population that people were saying, why in the world would you want to treat them? You're not that. Why would you? I went into prison as their drug and alcohol counselor. That's that's the job I was hired to do at that time. Um, and uh, I mean, I jumped right into it, right on it. It seemed like everything they did, I knew where to go. And I had to know, I just thought I was. man, I must be pretty good at this counseling thing because... I'm knowing it. And then again, connect the dots and say, yeah, of course you did. You lived it and you didn't know it.
0: And Um, so as.
1: And you know what? Were
0: were you enablers? Uh, Would you say you were enablers at the time? You know, like because of.
1: Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Every behavior was explained by not an addiction because no one knew it. It was explained by he was had a stroke. Uh, he's not doing this well. We're going to give him a pass because, again, he had a stroke. He's not as stable as he used to be physically. He, he, he walks with a limp. He slurred his words. Uh, but the but the slur got worse. And the doctors, of course, would say, well, that's because as you get older, the stroke is going to you know have done damage. Now, going back, sure, that's part of it. But I don't know, 50 milligrams of Librium in one day, I think someone might slur yeah. their words a little bit. Uh, ju- judgment calls weren't there. You know, uh, he was in and out of good sensible stuff to stuff that maybe wasn't so sensible. Uh, You know, so and and the thing is, the way my mind is set up, I'm a fixer. I'm a uh, trouble solver. I'm going to be the guy that looks at you and says, "Okay, I I can see you're doing this. Maybe I can help with it. And did that come out of that? Probably. You know, because I was the I was the oldest male. So, you know, I was going to make sure step in, step in. Carry that shoes. on
0: your Why shoulder, you, right? You know, like,
1: a- Carry that on my shoulder. So so now, you know, uh, in addition to making sure uh, mom was okay or things were okay there, I started to realize I was at the age of nine when this started. So by the time the addiction was there, it was about 11. I was already working with an addict, but I had no idea. And my, my mind was smart enough even then to kind of deal with a few things here and a few things there. But by the time I was 16, 17, 18, I was ready for college. Uh, you know, I was pretty good at doing this thing. And He passed away when I was 19. So I was in my freshman year of college uh, from natural causes. But again, you know, you take that much yeah, medication over, you know, eight, nine years after having a stroke, you know. So did it change? Yeah, boy, it changed me completely. Um, I, I'm not one, however, to go backward and say, Gee, I wish this didn't happen or that didn't happen. It's on my timeline, and I think I've done some pretty good things uh, using that knowledge. You know, you can take that knowledge and, and move it forward and, and try to do something good yeah. with it. So, uh, but, it, but it, did it change the dynamic and did it put me in a, in a, a position to see the world differently and, and as a result, work with it differently? Absolutely. What
0: attracted you? Because, um, you know, like you. you, you you make a decision for psychology you're what 19 20 years old you know like that the, the, what has a attra- what initially attracted you to that um field
1: yeah you know i've been asked that a lot I, but i was the kid <clears throat> um and, and and it may be an outgrowth of my dad's situation but i was the kid in school everybody came to oh you, know, you had a problem i i i have natural listening skills and I and I very, very much enjoy listening to people. Uh still after, you know, forty years of counseling people, I still enjoy going in the office and hearing them. So I was that guy that person at the at a young age. So by the time uh sixteen, seventeen came around, I pretty much knew that I wanted to counsel people and then when it came time to start applying to colleges I knew it was going to be psychology. That 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 was that was a given. For me.
0: And so you said that you know, like you end up quite early in your professional career, um, you know, like interact interacting with you know, like alcohol addiction or 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 drug addiction. Can you tell me a bit, you know, like w- what 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 happened, you know, like w- what you know, what brought you to these environments? Yeah, you know,
1: one of the th- beside my dad's situation you know you uh when that happens uh and 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 dad goes through that the dynamics of the family change and you know what would have been the good uh you know uh, catholic upbringing and we're home at night and we're doing our our things all of a sudden turned into me being out with the boys and um and the boys were drinking and the boys were smoking pot and then some of them were doing some heavier things and by the time I was out of high school I lost I think close to a dozen friends to either addiction uh drunken driving that type of thing um uh, some suicides you know so that had a real impact you know uh you know i I looked at those and some of those people you say well you know as all of us do after an addict uh passes or 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 gets in an accident or whatever gee maybe if i would have just and you know that's never gonna be the case that's all that back thinking we all do uh People do what they want to do. But you go back and say, maybe I could have done something here and something there. And then, you know, so that it's not the deciding factor, but it certainly fuels the decision along to say, you know, I wouldn't mind working with some addicts. I have a pretty good idea of uh, at least I have a foundation uh, to build on. Uh, So it took off from Uh, there.
0: Did, um, where did you start? You started as, you know, like, uh, in, in, uh, addiction center or you started as you know like a getting patient that were you know like for for some reason had alcohol or drug issues
1: yeah uh in college i, I uh, had a few they had they were doing with some of the work with uh kids with alcohol and drug problems on campus but when i came out uh, there was an ad in the paper that said hire a uh, county agency was hiring looking for an addictions counselor and um, you know, just to work with people that had drug and alcohol problems. I didn't really know what that meant. It was in counseling. That's what I saw. Um, it looked attractive. So I, um, I, I applied and the person who um, was hiring me was a, a person who uh, was a recovering alcoholic, um, 30 years sober and he wanted to do something different. He said, you know, I like the fact that you're not, um, recovering, that you don't have a problem with that because I'd like to bring someone into the center who doesn't, isn't already an addict because that's who tends to counsel addicts. I'd like to bring a different perspective in. Are you willing? So we talked about, and I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'm always willing to learn something. And, uh, and he was a great teacher, um, uh, about addiction. Um, he was kind. Of, he started with a twelve steps. Respected the program. Didn't always use it, but uh, he was there. But he just he knew everything around every turn. So I learned a tremendous amount from him. Stayed there for a few years and then went on to the
0: prison. It's um, it's 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 funny that you mentioned the twelve steps. I was getting you know like I, I was thinking about that where in the literature they say that you know like there's. No one but an addict to understand an addict. Um, what was your, you know, like, w- what has been your relation with, you know, like, you know, like the 12 steps and, and the kind of the, the manual to recovery? And I, I ask, to be quite honest, Foss, you know, like, i i i I've come from a 12 step therapy center and, and I've, I've I'm going to be sober 16 years this Thursday and, and, um, I've always been challenging (laughs) that, you know, like the, 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 that system, not challenging in a sense of not respecting it, challenging in a sense in finding its foundations, you know, like find, you know, like I'm reading right now, a book called writing the big book, which is um, precisely the genesis of the redaction of that document that became the big book of a, Hey, um, I've, I've always, um, I've always wanted there was there was a a publication online a few years back that was called the Orange Book which was um trying to identify the fact from the fiction on the on on what has been considered almost like folkloric uh, storytelling of of the origin of the creation of AA and so I knew that it was quite you know like there was quite controversy around that but at the same time for me it was important to be able to say that you know like sometimes if if it if it identify as um cult or dogma or call it whatever you want well you know like it doesn't mean it's bad it, it just means that you know like it there's a, there's a bit of that in there, you know. Like so, so you know, I can, you know, like even even now I I feel bad saying it, you know. Like so that that gives you an idea, because it it actually freaking saved my life, you know. Like so so it's it's um it's kind of a weird, always like a weird dance and relation I got with you know like the twelve stepping program. Um, what has been your relation with you know like the the that system?
1: You know, when I came into the into the, the alcohol counseling center, I didn't know anything about the 12 steps. So uh, that's the first thing Richard, who was my, uh, my mentor, if you will, said. Just read read this. Here, here's the uh, here's the big book. Here's the steps and the traditions. Read this, uh, and um, you know, some some of the people even invited me invited me to meetings. I never went to one because I didn't think that was appropriate for me. But I've uh, I've learned the program inside and out every way that I can. I apply a lot of that program because I don't it is sold as a, a program for addicted people or alcoholics. It's really a program for life yep. as you know so I use I use the steps all the time. The book I wrote is very very consistent with the 12 steps uh, if you could. Uh, in fact in, in the area I live in I think there are three or four of the um, of the AA groups uh, the, the individual meetings that are using it as a backup text uh, which really makes me feel good uh, and, and that just happened because uh, some of the people who have worked for me as counselors have been recovering people over the years and when they read the book they called and said do you mind if we you know uh, I'm going to bring this to the chairman of the meeting and it's a discussion meeting do you mind if we uh use your book and i said by all means you know if it works if it doesn't that's fine so um it's it's, it's not, i've learned the program to answer your question i've uh lived it i've written what i've written with a lot of that in mind all the time um uh, i i never bought into that cult stuff uh you know it works it saves people's lives i'll use any tool that is legitimate and saves people's lives and that one i've used over and over
0: again. that's awesome you know like that and i i do challenge um basically, you know like it it's soon going to be a 100 years that it's been developed right you know like so um it has to be challenged not in the sense of making it weaker just in its state, actually in, in quite the opposite way, you know, like I want to make this stronger. Um, you know, like I complain Mm -hmm. a lot that, you know, like we're not seeing enough Facebook ads and Instagram and TikToks about, you know, like the, 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 the narcotics anonymous or the alcoholics anonymous. And, you know, because that's how we're gonna, you know, like, that's how we're gonna get the new generation, uh, in, um, I, 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 I'm, yeah. And, you're right. and you know,
1: absolutely. You're right. I, you it, it really, it's really not the old guard is going to see it as a challenge. That, and, I, and I've always saw that through the, through my uh, years of counseling that AA has an old guard. And some of the people we used to call it the old Gestapo, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're going to keep you right to this is it. And that's it. Uh, uh, you know, and if you walked into the meeting, you said, Well, I'm cross addicted. They said, Well, go and go to an, an NA meeting. It's only for alcoholics. It started with that. But you're right. We, you're not, but I don't think we're challenging it. We're, we're, we're nurturing it. We're, we're making it better by helping it to accommodate your change because this generation is learning through different perspectives, through different means. And if we stick with only the old, We're going to, not only we're going to lose some people, we're going to lose lives. You know, it's that important that, that, that it does, that it does change. The foundations will never change. The steps aren't going to change. It's just how it's introduced. It's how we teach them to apply it. We have to, uh, these people are all fast. They want to go really quick. And you know, as well as I do, the program can't go there. It's a program for life. It doesn't go quickly, Um, you know. So, so, you know, but but we have to really sit down and be able to say, and I do that with my young people, this is the program that I think is going to work for you, but let's look, you know, we're not, we're, we're going to at least look at how you can receive this program. And then, you know, of course, then I do the usual things. I have contacts in the program and I call them up and I say, you know, you're, you're 25, this person here is 18, you'll relate, you know, and we, we have to get them in there and, and we go, it's a lot of it's not that much different than um that it, it was when i was started this 40 years ago uh i would just have to get people that are established in it were safe one way and let them know that it's okay to, to change it just a little bit so we get this next group of people in because they're the one that are going to carry the torch for, the, for the from now on we're not going to we're not going to be here anymore so we better we can't we can't wage a battle over philosophy. We have to be able to to get everybody unified and make a few subtle changes. So I don't see it as challenging. Uh, I see it as nurturing. This is, it's a program that deserves to be nurtured so that it can continue. And to that's
0: you know like that's that's one you know like there's there's a few things that you know like I discovered by making more researches um, on 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 you know, on the matter, you know, like especially, well, for example, you know, like the anonymity of the thing, you know, like the initially, almost a hundred years ago, out of just snitching your neighbor or ratting your neighbor that you thought he would be, or you suspected that he would be an addict person, could get you in, in a county jail. And so therefore, that is why at the time you could find archives photo of people wearing masks when they attended meetings, and so that got through the time, it got blown up out of. Oh, I'm not going to talk to you. You know, like it's anonymous. You know, like no, 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 that's not what it was. You know, like they were actually saving both their professional lives uh, and their own. Well, not being thrown in jail. You know, like that. That was why anonymity at the time was so um, utmost important. Um, uh, fast forward a hundred years. Well, sure enough, if you want to influence and if you want to guide people on, in a much more positive way, well, there's going to be some of what you think was the reason why anonymity was on or, or in um is gonna be skewed in some ways, you know, because you're gonna take that selfie with the big book. You're gonna take that selfie with that token, saying that you know, like you're proud of that um, abstinence and sobriety time. Um, also, the other thing is that um, while going through the big, the the writing the big book uh, um, book. Um, I have a good friend that is reading it as well. And he wrote me Sunday and said, cause he's much further into the reading that I am. And he told me Sunday, I'm starting to realize that the initial intention of writing that book was actually a marketing vehicle for two more important objectives that they had was that they wanted to use that to hit the road and save people's lives. So it wasn't necessarily um Bible uh in terms of this is the only thing. No, 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 no. It would it, it it was created to serve as a vehicle to take the road and save other people. And so when again you fast forward hundred years later and you, you don't uh challenge this or you don't you don't question or you don't evolve which probably again a hundred years back was the only way you could communicate was by writing or taking the phone or you know it was quite limited compared to today we're gonna need to democratize this you know like even by you know like the the Recently, um, my sponsor is 79 years old and he has asked me to be in charge of anything related to technology. So he asked me to create a website for what he does. Well, sure enough, he has 49 years of influence of all of these 12 steps program. So even though, you know, like every Tuesday night we do uh, a, a virtual meeting um, where he, he has all this luggage of influence he doesn't want to call this uh, a meeting per se, right? You know, like it's a virtual meeting or you know, like it's, it's like group therapy. And so while creating the website, he has like those, you know, a like few sentences that are extracted from, you know, like some of the anonymous literature, you know, like either the Cocaine, cocaine uh, Anonymous or, you know, like the Narcotics Anonymous and so on and so forth. And um, we've been actually asking or, you know, like the permission to take, you know, like some of these sentences by giving credit to where credit is due. And, you know, like just, just by the way of sharing with people, um, words that have helped well, both my sponsors and other of his sponsees, you know, like that, you know, like that he's, you know, um, been having for a few years and, um, we've been told not to do this and they we, we probably would get cease and desist later letter, uh, letter uh, for doing that and and i find this so unfortunate because you know like it's you know like the main goal is to help you know like the next addict getting better and you know like that you know like that this is primary focus of that you know like and so that's where you know like i always come back to you know like we need to have these um system evolve you know like to what what the new generation new generation probably won't read a book (laughs) that's one thing unfortunately you know like and and um and so if it's not an audible you know like where they can listen to it in in their car or um if it's not um really like quick hit of you know like passage you know like written there here and there you know like maybe on instagram i don't know but if it's not made in such a much faster paced way, again, we're going to have a hard time because that's quite a big friggin' book, you know?
1: (laughs) Exactly. And you know, my, my experience is you have to convince some of those, some of those influential people uh, that this, some things can change. And I go back to when, uh, you know, Richard asked me to come in and start helping the, council addicted people I, he got a whole lot of blowback he said you, you know at that time i got we're we're in the early, early 80s and someone is saying uh well i want to bring someone into council our people but he's not he's not recovering.'" and you know the red flags went up everywhere No, he's going to tear down things that we do and and it didn't go that way and here we are you know some almost 40 years later um, in a in 30 or 40 mile radius from where I live if someone goes to an AA meeting and says well you know um, I'm getting counseling and it's from this guy's name is Foss and they said, oh don't even worry about him he knows the whole program and he's going he's gonna to be just fine well they would never have said that about me at that time not a chance because that's the way addicts counseled addicts you didn't you know you didn't go anywhere uh, except to another addict and, and and, you know, and, uh, Richard obviously go, would go back at them and say, uh, you guys got to get a, get a real job and stop staying in the addiction. Get out there and start seeing that there's a real world wow. out there. And it's not just us. You know, we, we can't live our lives in the rooms. You know, that's that's not the way it works. And that's all it is now. It's about getting those, those folks who are influential enough to say, interested enough to say, let's look at this because the last thing we want to do is see this program begin to fade a little bit uh, this new generation is an arrogant generation yep. they are not humble uh, and it, it, it'll go faster than people think so we do have to do some things that that, uh, that, that nurture it into the next generation and, and we're not talking about major changes it's really what we're talking about yep. is delivery that's really what we're talking Delivering the program to the next generation so that they can embrace it. That's really all we're talking
0: and, about. And and speaking of which, um, how did it evolve for you? You know, like you know, like what was your initial um impression and how did it evolve from that, you know, like first patient that got referred to you uh to uh as it progressed and through time? How can you describe that, you know?
1: I describe it as me at the time being off base enough to think I was making some some progress, but fortunately having a very good mentor who's, who would say, you've got what looks like 80% of this covered, but you really have 20. It's the other 80% you don't know because no matter what you do, no matter what you diagnose, all of it is going to come back to the addiction first. Learn how to go to the addiction first. Doesn't have to be all encompassing, but if you go there first, then you won't get misled. Because, as he said, we addicts are very manipulative people. We can we'll sell you swamp land when you think you're getting uh, you a got golf taught course, well. You know, so so it, <laughs> I, I, he was taught well. So I, I, I learned how I learned how to to manipulate the manipulators, if you will. You know. <laughs> So he said be, a little, be be humble but in your mind be cynical be uh untrusting and let let time go by let them prove themselves because you never ever believe what an addict says the first time. Yeah he would tell me all those kinds of things but then he would back that all up with program. He would back that all up with hours. We spent hours together uh and he said, you know, I'm I'm going to um uh it, it was, you know, Addiction conventions and workshops and things AA was putting on, but anyone could go to. He says, "Do you want to go?" And I went to as many as I could. Um, and uh, you know, so what was it like in the beginning? It was um, it was a real lesson in humility. Um, and uh, I had I had enough to draw on my dad's situation, the people who I was uh, hanging with, if you will, as teenagers. College and, and 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 education. I had enough for a foundation, but the most important thing I did was not to think I knew what I was doing when it came to addiction. And still today, if someone comes in the office and says, "Okay, um, I, I'm either going into the program or I'm in the program," and I say, "Good, let's talk about all the you know the various things. Did you did you do your 2020? Did you do you have a sponsor? Is there going to be a home group? When you get your sponsor." Please let him know you're seeing me and then let's follow his or her lead. So I don't lead anything when it comes to the addiction. I always, I'm supportive. I know what I'm doing, but I don't want to be arrogant enough. And I don't want any, um, any sponsor to think, well, what is he doing? Because that program has to be intact for me to do everything else. If that program slips and that addict regresses a bit, everything I'm doing becomes questionable then. I'm not going to pull him out. Getting him back online with the program is what's going to pull him out. So, uh, how do I counsel? I counsel like the program tells me to counsel. I stay humble. Number one, um, I don't think that I'm more powerful than the addiction. So, as a counselor, I'm not. I don't see my. I, I, I don't get arrogant. I don't think I, I know too much. I learn as I'm going. I take my time, uh, and 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 I let the program develop. And I trust the program, and it's always worked. I've not seen it fail I've seen people fail in it but I've not seen the program fail
0: and I'm gonna ask maybe maybe a weird question but I think you know there's something in there because you just you you just mentioned this a few minutes ago how did the patient change through the years
1: the patient uh, has become much more aware of using what he or she has to use in order to get over and There's a lot more vehicles to do that. The patient goes quicker. The patient is far more arrogant and believes that they know more than they know. They're less willing to listen to wisdom. Um, and so what I ha- I've have, I constantly have to do is challenge and put them in their place using their own philosophy against them. They're not going to listen to me until they break themselves. So I, have, I give them enough lead to uh, say, okay, let's do it your way and let their way fail. And then they're a little more willing to do thing and do something. And that usually comes with a, a little bit of loss, whether it's job or money or relationship or whatever it may be. Um, uh, the dynamics haven't changed so significantly. It's still the, the better... The, the, the pay the program works more efficiently with people who have experienced the bottom being broken whatever than it does with people who don't understand that concept so you know i i help them uh i lovingly help them get to their bottom <laughs> <laughs> that's what
0: i do i've always said that i have a i have a son that is still using and um it, it, you know like his mom is actually you know like my ex is quite the enabler and um I've always said the same thing when when actually, when we were able to talk was we need to just accelerate his fall. Um, there is, there's no other yeah. way we need to stop enabling make life shit as long as possible until he breaks. That's heartbreaking. I know, I understand it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to hear because, you know, like, as you said, you know, like we're so manipulative that, you know, like he's going to tell you that he slept on a park bench and almost got eaten by rats, whatever he's going to (laughs) invent, you know, um, while at the same time just told you that he has hundreds of friends that does the same. None of them has invited them on their couch. He slept on a park bench you know and so anyways you know <laughs> as you said you know like i'm i was a great manipulator manipulator myself you know like so so i know i kind of know what what he's you know singing i know his songs um and so
1: you know the, the the interesting part of doing this for a long time is learning the manipulation and that when they come in and they're hysterical and they're crying It's sort of like when 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 your baby is crying as a little as a child, and you're saying you know the difference between uh, crying pain, they cry because he's afraid, they cry because he just wants to eat or he wants to be picked up. Uh, And I have the same with the addicts when they come in. I can pretty much pick out who's hitting the bottom or who's manipulating me. So I think they are, and then I'm going to provide something that they need. And, And I always say it's a whole lot easier to experience the pain that goes along with watching them suffer than it is yeah. to bury them.
0: Oh, I mean, and, you know, and that's, that's the the, the most painful part of being a dad. When one half of the parental authority doesn't understand it, what is the most painful um, thing to, you know, to kind of to, to, to consider is, you know, like the, the, fatalistic options that I have left in terms of the next phone call I'm going to get about my son. There's nothing that's going to end well if he continues on that path, you know, like, so it's either he got arrested for whatever, got hurt for whatever reason or died for pretty much all of the same reasons, you know, all of these three options, you know, like, so, and, and my wife, you know, (laughs) my wife, um, right now just because we, we had a kid together five five years ago. He's he's really young, but you know, he's five years old. Um, but you know, like there's already that, you know, like kind of um unconditional love and, you know, um but she just can't, you know, like and a lot of their friends and my friends, they just can't wrap their head around that, you know, like I've not only have considered these options, but I've um accepted these options as pretty much the only options that un, until he decides to um by his own will to stop um if 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 option a of stopping is not part of the is equation the three others are the only options of the next communication i'm gonna get from my son so um
1: how many times if we all said that to someone coming in, you're going to get sober and save yourself or you have three options and none of them are pleasant. So, you know, um, it, it's hard. You know, we're trained to be unconditional in our love. And, and, and people, parents have said to me, that to me forever. And I said, yeah, but unconditional does not mean supporting the wrong exactly. thing. That's where you have to understand. You're still being unconditional in your love. When you tell them no, I'm not going to do that for you. That's for their sake. (laughs) (laughs) When you when they were growing up and they wanted to put their hand on the hot stove, you didn't say, "Well, of course, I love you unconditionally." Go ahead, do it. Uh, It's the same thing with an addiction. I, you know, uh, I love you unconditionally, but am I going to support you putting, uh, you know, crystal meth in your nose? No. Am I going to, you know, heroin in your arm? No. Am I going to support you drinking a fifth of Jack Daniels every day? No, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to give you money, and I'm not going to tell you you can stay here and do all those things yep. either. You know, there there are conditions uh, in terms of what you, in terms of you saving yep. your life, and and it, and 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 I agree. Sometimes when we when we stop enabling them, uh, again, they are dependent people. They are far more dependent on us than they know, and when we say Okay, I only help you this way and only if you do these things, they have a choice to make. They'll either get better or they won't, but that's their choice. They're grown yep, people. Exactly.
0: And um yeah, it is uh and so he's twenty four years old and so the the what you mention about arrogance and kind of, you know, like not um lacking some humility. Um is this is this a consensus through the, you know, like the therapists and through the, you know, kind of the, or it is us doing ageism?
1: <laughs> no, you know what? <clears throat> I think that's always there where, you know, one generation, uh, can, you know, we're, we're now set in the way we do things. and And, and this generation has changed much faster than any yeah. other generation has just because of information processing and what's available to them. But they are the, – the things that concern me is um, they they don't understand the processes in life to get from point A to point B. They're at point B and we always provide uh, – point A and we've always provided point B. They need to learn how to acquire that so they they feel entitled. They feel that they should get what they want. They should not have to work for it or not all of it anyway. Uh, there's no reason why if they take a job, they should – Instead of starting at the bottom, they should be, you know, quickly promoted. Uh, they don't want – and they just don't want to do the work. And all this has created people who don't – since they don't want to, they don't know how to do the work. They're far more dependent and they're arrogant at the same time. That's the the group of people we're dealing with. They, and they are going to inherit our world next. Uh, I
0: mean, <laughs> you know, like it's funny because I – I know I, and 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 I my wife and I work in sales and um I always ask my wife you know like do you feel that you know like someone is kind of biting your feet you know like in trying to get your job right now and um we don't have I I don't feel threatened by you know like you, you see once in a while a few that you know like have that appetite and have that hunger of you know like just beating but I'm I, I'm a self-taught professional, right? Like I've, I've, I wasn't good in school because not, no, sorry. That's really not well said. My character didn't fit well in a, in a school <laughs> frame, let's say that way, because I was, I was, you know, like sometimes like even, um, too bright for the fucking thing you know like but you know like it was kind of you know like just the framework of you know like listening to authority and you know like uh i'm i was more the rebel type and whatever but um that being said fast forward 20 something years later and um you feel very little threatened by that next generation and when uh, 20 years back when i was coming well, people were worried because I, you know, like I was hungry, you know, like, and willing to eat, eat yeah. that, that, you know, like get the hell out of there. I'm here, you know, again, so I don't feel that right now. And I'm 46, right. You know, like I, I still have some way to go, but you know, like, I don't feel that there are many of those hungry next gen people coming for my job, actually. And so that. You're right. Like it's a bit mind-boggling and it's worrying. It's worrying.
1: It is, and and when it comes to addiction, it plants them firmly there, and they don't want to take advice. They don't. uh, They don't want to listen to anyone. Uh, You know. So has that group changed? Yeah, and uh, and and they're also less. uh, That's that's the another interesting thing. Um, They are less apt to seek help than. We were even the people who who are in their 40s when they were in their 20s. And I'm helping them. They were much more open and yeah, I need some help. This group does not want to hear it. Um, They don't. I have very few people, interestingly, in that 20 to 30. set. Wow. We used to have a lot more then. They don't come back in until mid 30s when now the loss has started. The divorce is there. They've been fired two or three. Or the employer sent them over and said, "Well, you get counseling, or we're going to let you go." There's always this ultimatum or this condition now that gets them there in their thirties. But I used to get a lot more people in, in, in their twenties, and I think right now I, with a counseling load of about fifty people, I have I think two wow that are in their twenties.
0: That's four <laughs> percent. So
1: yeah, so that that's not good, uh, th- you know. They don't want to hear. They don't want to be told. Uh, and and the other th- and thing is, they know when they come to counseling, the counselor's is going to say, "Well, these things aren't working too well for." Them. We have some work. That W word. We have work to do on that. They don't want to do that. They want to give me the Reader's Digest version. Can, can you put it on a in a Facebook blur, and I'll get it from there? You know, they want it all fast. I call it microwave yeah. learning. Um, you know, and and you talked about you know. The program accommodating, when I wrote the book, I actually changed the, the way I did it. And my, my chapters are four and five pages long with the, really the exact steps, everything you have to do so that the people will stick with it and go one, because it's 36 chapters of all different kinds of problems. I actually changed it so microwave learners will stick with one chapter at a time and be able to sit for 20 minutes and read. Cause they don't, what has they don't motivated
0: you to write a book? For
1: Through all the years of counseling, uh, I put together a program I call it the Process Way of Life, which is simply uh, all the various process and again you'll see that in all the addiction programs it's honesty, it's humility, it's respect, it's um, uh, gratitude, all different, all different kinds of processes that we can use every day in our lives, and, and I present the issue. And, uh, uh, for instance, brutal honesty is one of the things I, I call it, which I use, interestingly enough, in, in, in my, the beginning of all my programs with addicted people. You Please don't play that game with me. You need to be brutally honest. When it hurts, I'll know you're being honest. Until then, I, I'm not sure what you're telling me. So I, I give them things like that. I give them three or four pages of good condensed information so they can understand it. And then I go right to the steps. To tell them, this is what you have to do to change. It's how I counsel. Uh, I, I don't pull punches with people. This is their life I'm dealing with. So when I when I uh, put the program together, people were saying, you know, can you write this stuff down? Because, you know, there's a lot of information. and I don't want to miss any of these steps. Finally, someone said, you know, why don't you put this thing into a book? And that was about 10 years ago. So... About four or five years ago, I started de- designing the book and deciding how I wanted to write it. And I published it in uh, December of 2019. And it's done very, you know, it's very, very well. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a kind of a, ho- a hope. I'm hoping uh, some of us are starting a kind of a new movement in self help where we're saying uh, enough of all this, uh, you know. Fluff
0: bullshit! You said you want you wanted to say appeal. bullshit, yes. boss.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's enabling them. That's what is what is doing here. Continue being yourself. I'll tell you, you're wonderful. You buy my book, and we're all happy. Uh, Where I'm much more pragmatic. I'm saying that you know this is the problem. Enough. Go there. If you do this, great. If you don't, too bad. I hope yeah. you got a better way.
0: And it, it's because
1: uh, because the world the world is. The world isn't going to coddle you. The world's going to say, oh, you don't have it. Too bad for you. Next. So when I wrote the book and and, and the way I counsel is, look, you're coming in. This is the problem. I'm going to tell you honestly, this is what you have to do. And uh... and I'm sure if you think about you know, the times you sat down with your sponsor, as long as you said, yeah, you're doing that wrong, but let's let you go. He's going to say, do what you want, but this is what you need to do if you're going to go, if you're going to do things the right way. Because... That's what we owe people. If if we're not going to be honest with them, we really have the right to expect them to come out and be honest with us. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's right. We have to we have to be right straight to the point. And honest. and
0: let's be honest. So you know, like the the you know like the feel good and the passive aggressive of you know like uh, everything's nice and my life's perfect era that we're going through right now is a freaking paradise for the manipulative. Uh, full-blown addicts that we can be. Absolutely, you know, like, you know it is phenomenal, fertile land on which we can well,
1: see. Well, you know what happened? What happens not only to them, to th- us who stop going for the heart of things? We forget what to do. We get soft. You're right it's a it's a, it's a manipulator's paradise because the people that they're manipulating don't have enough common sense anymore to say stop it right there and they're afraid of the confrontation that's the other part we're afraid to confront people I, I know counselors that say well I don't want to tell them that that not make them feel bad I say, what do they come there for make them feel bad as long as you give them the direction to go in and say look you're not doing right this is not working for you you're hurting yourself, you're hurting other people, whatever. Now do this, you're okay. But if we just, and obviously we just say you're not doing right and let them go, that's, that, well, that's not very good. But we tell them, here and is And you're going to
0: die. You know, like sometimes you're know, like, you need to, fuck. Fr- sorry, but you need to freaking tell people. You're going to die. You're screwing people around you. You're either going to die by you using or or abusing or overdosing or someone will kill you. You know, like it's for me, it's, you know, like, it, 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 you know, like this is the, you know, like it comes back to the, the only three options. You know, like it's, it's death, being hurt bad or save your ass and stop freaking using. That's why right now, you know, like the blurred line that we're going through right now of the cute sobriety and someone stopping to use to save his ass is that that blurred line that we got going right now between the two is something that scares me because, you know, like it's I not that I'm against being cute and sober for 30 days, but for some it's not about being cute and making great selfies on the social medias. It's about saving their lives. And when we don't make the distinction between the two of them, um, I think we're not we're not of good service to the ones that need to stop for saving their lives. Um, and it 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 really worries me. And you know, like I don't know how to. Um, you know, like for me, it's always kind of, I don't want to hurt one, but I want to save the other. But, you know, like I understand, you know, like that, you know, like there are good intentions in, in promoting the sober October. And here in Quebec, we have like the 28 days of February sober. I get it. It's cute. You know, like it's phenomenal, but you know, like even, even, you know, like cause I, I, I am part of the Facebook groups that, you know, like are promoting that 28 days of sobriety and, I can just by the comments see the difference between those that do it for being cute and those that do it for the sake of sure enough, you know, like they want to brag that, you know, like they're, you're, they're trying to do, but you know, like after three days they fail and you know, like you see the pain that they're going through because they're through addicts. This is not a fucking game. You know, like, I'm sorry. This get me passionate.
1: Uh, and, and, and that stuff, That's the bottom line. You know, those three things we talk about, you know, those three consequences, they don't only apply to the addict, they apply to everyone connected with that addict. Those people will die. Those people will go to the hospital. Uh, uh, I've seen people go to prison. I've seen them get involved in the substance. Addicts don't live in a void. And they take, you know, there was the old thing. Richard used to say that addicts do not get into relationships. They take prisoners. You know, and that's what he always used to tell me. And and I look at that and it may not be uh may not always be something that they planned, but boy oh boy, everybody comes along with them. So, you know, I don't I just don't see a whole lot of leeway in the way in the way, in the program. I present it just a little bit differently so people will understand it. Yeah, but don't modify yeah. it. Because uh it works. It's just, a, it's just, and I think when the old guard realizes all we're doing is trying to present it differently, that nothing about the foundation of the program is changing. We just have to get it in their heads. The I, same message.
0: I don't is, challenge.
1: This, this, this,
0: I don't think you or I are challenging the principles of what, never, never of what the foundations are. At no, there's no way. Nope. It's such a universe Well, it's like challenging. You know, like and and you know, like I'm gonna it's gonna be like a huge statement, but you know, like it's pretty much like challenging what the principles of the Bible are trying to communicate. You know, like I'm not it's the interpretation that I'm challenging, you know. <laughs> and it's the same. Right. You it, it's same for, for that. You know, like when you read it, yeah. there's such well, actually Bill Watson, one of the co-founder, went to every religion to you know, like get the approval that he wasn't hurting or impacting or distracting any religious beliefs, you know, because there, and then back again, you know, like there's such universal principles that, you know, like I would never even dare challenge that or, 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 you know, you know, like doubt, you know, like what it is.
1: And again, I feel strongly enough from a person who is not addicted to have put my whole program together using that as one of the foundations. So, you know, and and, and when I wrote it before I had it published, I had uh, three or four of my friends who are have been in the program for years say, read what I wrote. It's already been edited. Read what I wrote and tell me if you think any part of this is going to be a problem when it comes to... Uh, recovery and they had done, and they came back and said no you got it there were a couple tweaks we you know they they, they saw present this just a little differently and then that was it uh, so you know i feel strongly enough about that program to uh base a whole lot of what i wrote on that and, and if you think about it 40 years doing this 40 years counseling addicts uh i would hope that what i would write would be consistent because i'm not looking to challenge one part of that at all i again i'm not I'm not recovering, I use it in my life yeah. every day you know it, it's brought me through a whole lot of whole lot of things that I might not have gotten through
0: Foss I would have taken three hours of that you know like i i you know like that's the i i am you know like i am i'm i'm passionate about that subject matter i am i am you know um i want this to be an evolving conversation. Not only my guests, but you know, like the listeners and and the 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 movement itself, I want it to be an open conversation, an open dialogue, you know like so so um Having someone like you on, on on this, you know, like even though you know, like I love having, you know, like some of the roller coaster rides that some of the people have gone through, you know, like those are, you know, like I know that for my listeners, they're fascinating, and you know, like sometimes it's almost unbelievable. At the same time, you know, like I love going back to what makes it that some and a lot of the individuals that which I've sat and recorded with have saved their lives, you know, like and just go back and and see from a therapist standpoint and from from someone even more so in your case that hasn't been um haven't been gone through all of these witnessing and 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 realizing that you know like this program is you know like um kind of you know like a, a life-saving even i would say i would dare say even for someone that doesn't have substance abuse problems you know like uh you know like putting this there's there's such universal principles that you know like you can you can actually apply this in, in anyone's life. So, you know, like those that have had problems with substance or those that never had. So um it was it was really not only an honor but a pleasure having that conversation with you, Foss. Really.
1: And I feel the same. You know, it's one of those things where I said, you know, I looked at the clock I said, Wow, we went we've been doing well. I could have gone all night with this. I, I wasn't feeling either one of us slow down much. So you know uh, I have to tell you, uh, I, I use it the program with addicts, but I use the program with uh, people that come in who are not addicted in my office all the time. And I tell them what we're doing, you know, when we talk about being powerless, being, being able to uh, control what you can and what you can't control. The, the inventories, I use those all the time because we all should, you know, every now and then, you know, do some house cleaning. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I've been able to take those programs and... Uh, the parts of the program and, and use it with my people all the time and when you get to the point that you see someone come through the program really reestablish their life and then they go out and they be in service of the next person now yeah. you feel good that, now it all makes
0: what's sense. the name of the book uh foster and where can people find you if they you know like either are in your area or do you do video conference consultation as well
1: I'll do whatever people ask. I, I, I get a lot of emails and answer questions. Uh, I, uh, finding me is really easy. Uh, it's my name, fostergerald.com. Will bring, me to, uh, will bring the people to my website or just type in the Fix Yourself Handbook. Either one. Uh, if they get to the website, the website is dedicated solely to the book chapter outlines excerpts from the books, all different kind of the media things I've done, everything. So actually someone could actually come to the website and check it out before they buy and say, cause I, you know, I just think we should be transparent enough to say, here's the product. If you like it, buy it. If you don't, that's up to you. If they do like it, it's on
0: amazon Barnes and Noble. awesome and so for those that listens and you know like we're just like where my where's my pen where's my paper just scroll down relax <laughs> everything's at the bottom in the description of the episodes you can find all the information there, there and go. so again Foss, really appreciated your time spent with me um and and you know like i'm sure i'm gonna hear about my listeners i have well, actually the friend that I listened to that we're reading through the big book is going to have a blast listening to you and you know, I can, and he's not the only one that had a blast myself and, and still thank you for your time. It was a pleasure having you on.
1: It was an absolute pleasure on, on, uh, on, on my and Alex said, uh, let's do it again sometime. I'm open. I
0: And you know, like I, I, time. I, I will start being well creative in the next few uh, weeks. Uh, I want to have interaction. I did this at when, when the pandemic has, has kicked on. I am I'm doing it right now with uh, the son, the mother, and we, so I did you know like uh, single um, episodes with each each one of them and I'm gonna have one with, where the three of us are gonna sit together. And um, and so I, this this is brewing of having kind of like a three or four way party where we discuss exactly what we just did. So there's no doubt in my mind that you're good. gonna be uh, in my short list of guests that I want to back uh, on the uh, on the show. That's appreciate. Thanks Thank to you. you. Have a good night. Bye bye.
1: You too.